It's my pleasure to welcome you to the Clark Howard Show, where our mission is to serve you and empower you so you make better financial decisions in your life. It's great to be back. My family and I went on a cruise last week, and of course, uh, we had a great time. We go because of our son. We were not ever people that were into cruise ships, but our son is just so into it that we go over and over again. And then we get there and we have a great time. Today, I want to talk about a disturbing trend. People buying big purchases sight unseen online. Also, I've got new ideas for you to save when you're watching television or video content, as we should call it now. So... There's all kinds of jokes about how properties are listed, quite charming, good bones, whatever. They use all these phrases to say, yeah, this house is a real dump, but I'm telling you, you're going to love it. It's a charmer. And I go back, the first time I ever experienced this was... Back in really uh, five, six, and seven earlier this century, when people started buying real estate in states they'd never been to, obviously communities they'd never visited, neighborhoods they'd never visited, homes they'd never seen, except as digital images on the internet. I remember it's funny how certain conversations just stick with you. I remember a conversation with a gentleman who was looking at buying multiple properties in Fort Myers, Florida, on the west coast of Florida, and another gentleman who was looking to buy properties near Boise, Idaho. And in neither case had either ever been to either of those communities. And they weren't going to those communities to look at them. They were just buying places in that era we had with the, um, with the real estate bubble that ended in the uh, banking scandals and the awful real estate crash from 7 to 12. It was something that just really has stuck with me. And then you move now these many years later, and it's become common that people put in offers on homes They have not visited. They have not seen. They feel like they've seen it, looking at the images online. But I remember we had a post from someone, I think in March, who really regretted having bought a house, sight unseen, based on the recommendation of their real estate agent and the images they were seeing online. You cannot get a feel for an area, a neighborhood, a street, the individual house, a good photographer, okay, with real estate, a good photographer can make an okay house seem fantastic, and a mediocre photographer can make a great house seem not very good. Your own eyes need to experience it. Please, please be careful buying just based on what you see on a website from an influencer. I want to relay a story that 
longtime listeners have heard probably once or twice. I apologize for repeating it a third time. There was a, a website that I used to buy from that was called Wish. And this isn't Wish's fault, but there was I, I was getting a new ski parka. And the ski parka, one thing you got to know when you buy from directly from a Chinese seller goods that were really intended for the Chinese market, um, the sizes are going to be really different. So I bought a 5XL adult men's ski parka, and it didn't fit. And I'm not a big guy, <laughs> and it did not fit me. And we did a, a thing making fun of me in my television work, holding up the 5XL that didn't fit me. And besides, it was so poorly made. The zipper was awful and all that. And so it's so difficult when you're shopping. And so so I wasted and learned an important lesson with the, it was $19 and something cents with free shipping. I paid for that 5XL ski park and then I gave it to charity because it needed to find a very small person <laughs> to wear. And I'm sure they found it at Goodwill when I donated it. But the point is, there's a big difference between me wasting 20 bucks on that and somebody buying a house that they're like, they're like the dog who caught the car and then they don't know what to do with it. Think about it with large purchases. Be very wary, like with a car. I freak out when people buy a car online only with no right to return for a full refund. I mean, at least with Carvana, you have the right to, you know, you buy it with your phone and you get in the car and you're like, ugh. They just say, fine, here's your money back. But what if you buy one on on eBay or whatever, and you own it and it's yours and you bought it online and it turns out it's junk. Please don't do that stuff. What's the, has there ever been anything like my coat story? Oh, I've done, I bought like a small woman's shirt from one, it might've been that site one time and it was so tiny that I literally gave it to my daughter for her doll. (laughs) Like it was insane. (laughs) It was insane. It was so small, it would fit a doll. Yeah, I also that ordered rhymes. a pair of shoes from a different site, like Converse shoes that I wanted. And um, when they came, they were not Converse shoes. They were like these red little puffy slippers. And I couldn't return them. It was like a fly-by-night site, so I learned. But, yeah. Too good to be true. Well, related to this, Lee in Georgia has a question. I've actually heard from a few people about this type of thing. Clark, we keep receiving these mountain lots and acreage for incredible pricing flyers in the mail. Are these scams or are they legit? And what's the scoop? And someone else said, like, they'll be like limited time pricing. You yeah. have to buy by this time. And and that market uh, for decades has worked on a solicitation thing with these giant postcards like the politicians use. And they'll have pictures of beautiful mountain or lake views on one side. And then on the other side, it'll talk about, you know, this land was this much money, but we're clearing out now and it's reduced 80% or whatever. And you got to buy now. There's only so many lots left. Yeah. Okay. So this has been around for, for so long. 
And what is rural property worth? Whatever someone will pay for it. And all these pitches about how, what an incredible deal this undeveloped land is. I mean, you got to know, can you get utilities there? Do you have water rights where the property is? Um, What's it going to cost to get uh, electricity to that place? Are there going to be roads available to it? Is it inaccessible? What can be built around you? Is there suddenly going to be a chicken coop that opens up next door to you? I mean, when there's undeveloped land without a home you can move into and a part of the country you don't really know, don't take the bait. Stay away. Because the market that's screaming in those flyers that you're getting 80% off is not telling you the truth. Because the market value of it, if they're really selling it for 10000 maybe it's worth really only 3000 or 5000 They're just looking for what they call a flatlander in those sales. Somebody who's from a city somewhere who doesn't really know that that's junk land that they're trying to get ten dollars or $20,000 out of you for. And from Lisa in Ohio, a while back you did a story on internet connections and how providers slow them down. You mentioned a way of checking the signal. How do you do that? I'm pretty sure it's happening to me, and I want to have this info before contacting my provider. Speedtest.net is the site that I've recommended in the past, although I'm sure there are others as well that you can run up to the second speed tests on your internet connection. And it is not at all unusual that a monopoly internet service provider like a cable company or a monopoly phone company will tell you you're paying for speed of whatever, 300, 600, one gig, whatever. And then you run a speed test and you're not anywhere close to it And that is a very common complaint. You especially will see this with cable providers at night when people are more likely to be home watching stuff, gaming, streaming, whatever, that the internet speeds way, 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 way slow down. On this issue of internet at home, I really want you, if you are not a heavy consumer of like gaming or something like that, look at the alternatives that are available from Verizon Wireless in areas of the country that Verizon doesn't offer traditional home phone service and T-Mobile in much of the country as well with T-Mobile Home Internet. Both offer internet service at much cheaper prices than you pay the local cable monster or phone company monopoly, the price points tend to be $30, $50, or $70 a month for unlimited data connections. And from Mike in Nevada, what is the best way to exchange money back and forth with my college-bound daughter? Should I have her get a PayPal account, or is there a better product? So two-way money going back and forth. This is where using PayPal, Venmo, or Cash App, it's where they work really well where you're able with a friend or family member to move money instantly one to the other for free and they work nearly flawlessly. Almost all the problems people have with using PayPal to move money, Cash App, or Venmo happens when it's not 
between a family member and a friend. That if it's somebody outside of that uh, business or an individual you don't know or don't know well, that's where almost all the problems occur. And that puts these three in a separate category from Zell. Zell, a hex on you. Zell (laughs) is garbage. Remember that at all times. And coming straight ahead, something you should take a hex to is what you're paying for video content is getting cheaper and cheaper from some people. At the same time, it's getting more and more expensive from others. I'm going to tell you how to save the big bucks. First things first in terms of video, TVs are a deal again. My goodness. I mean, TVs were hard to find when people were in lockdown and people were consuming all this video and manufacturers could not keep up with the demand. They were only making their highest end sets. And now suddenly everybody who wanted a TV had one, it seemed, and people are overstocked. I was in a Sam's Club the other day and where normally they've got the TVs and the steel, and you can see them all. They're, they're all connected to some closed-circuit channel. And then underneath, where you look at the TVs, they have the inventory. They have TVs everywhere. They are so overstocked, it's crazy. I mean, just the aisles where you walk through to look at the TVs have TVs stacked in them with just enough room for you to squeeze through. There was one of the aisles you couldn't even take a shopping cart through because there were so many TVs stacked up. This isn't just Sam's Club. This is anywhere you go. The demand for TVs has fallen off a cliff. The supply has gone way up. And what happens with classic economics? The prices are great. And I'm seeing deals all over. And so you're going to be able... If you're in a position that you'd like, you you know, like, hey, my neighbor's got that. Why do I have this little TV when I could have that? Right now, whatever that is, you can get. Key with TVs, buy current technology. Do not buy state-of-the-art. TV technology moves so fast that what you buy that's current technology today was state-of-the-art two years ago. And so you end up being able to get much more screen, great picture, because when you're streaming content, all those fantastic pictures that you see in the retail store and their closed circuit feed, you don't get a picture like that at home. You're going to get a great picture on any of them, but you're not going to get that picture with streaming. So TV's a steal. There's something else you should get when you get a new TV, and that is get an antenna. An antenna? An antenna. Yes. Why? Okay. So you got this TV with all this great capability. And if you live in a major metro area, there's a lot, a lot, a lot of channels that come right through the thin air for free you don't even know exist. But if you're a sports nut, well, I'm only an NFL nut, but if you're a sports nut, The picture you pick up, if you get a signal on a channel, the picture you get 
directly broadcast for free is going to be far superior to what you're going to get from cable, satellite, or streaming. It's going to blow all, all them away because there's no compression. You're getting the full bore thing. And the picture, the colors, the depth, the beauty of it, something else. And can I mention again? It's free. And it allows you to sign up for streaming services that don't include local channels. If you can get a good free signal with an antenna, depending on where you live, the antenna could be as simple as one that's hidden behind the TV to one you got to put in your attic. And you typically run it through the same cables that you would have used back when you were with something from prehistoric days called cable television. And so you'd plug it in with a coax and you'd have that antenna around your house. And so you can pick up a, a great signal even from some distance if you live in an exurb, a distant suburb, and you're able to get that signal for free. So then that leaves you open to take advantage of the huge movement now with content where streaming services cost nothing, nothing more and more available where they're ad supported. That's right. You got to go back to ads. But if you're trying to reduce expenses in your life, this is a way for you to do so. And then there's the compromise with the streaming services that offer you the option of ad-free for this price or a much lower price if you put up with ads. I think we're even going to get to uh, choices where you have, you get this price for a lot of ads, you get this little more price for less ads, and you get a higher price for no ads. You'll have to decide what your eyeballs are worth. For me, I'd much rather have the ads and avoid having to pay a bill. And we've got a new write-up on Clark.com, best free streaming services and movie and TV for cord cutters. Check it out. It's your money. I want you to really stretch every dollar. As for TVs, if you're going to be in the market for TVs, what I want you to do is I want you on your phone to use whatever notes app you have, look at websites of stores, go to stores, and whatever size it is you're interested in, don't get obsessed with features. Just want you to concentrate on the size you want and the cheapest price you can get. That's right. I say the cheapest price. Don't care brand. Don't care any of those things. Now, that may be a bridge too far for you. But truth is, I have to think about what brand TVs we have in our house because I only buy based on size and price. Krista? Okay, Marianne in South Carolina says, I recently subscribed to Barron's because you mention it as one of the key publications that you read every week. Here's my question. For those of us who only invest with index funds, is it worth reading a publication like Barron's? I do find it interesting, but it's also a bit over my head with all the individual stock information that I probably will never act on. Interesting question. So, Marianne, I, it's like somebody who has a newspaper and doesn't read the crossword or whatever. I don't read the Barron's write-ups on individual companies. The only time I'll read one of those is if it's a company that I have interest in just because it's that company and I'm not 
I don't buy individual stocks either. But most of what I'm reading in Barron's is general economic and financial information. Like right now, they've had really thoughtful stories about where they see the overall stock markets going here and overseas and what's happening with bonds. You know, a lot of people have really been devastated this past year, Krista, because bonds that are looked at as the defensive position versus stocks, bonds have fallen by um, overall about 10%. Mm -hmm. Very unusual circumstance and has really hurt people who are fixed income investors. And they're like, what do I do now? Do I go hide under my mattress with my money? The reality is, if you read Barron's regularly, you'll know that most of the bad news with bonds is already baked in and that you just uh, relax and they're going to recover. And in addition, your bonds are going to be earning generally a higher rate of interest moving forward that you buy. I mean, so it it is the closest I know to a continual course in investing. And it is a lot of the writing in Barron's is extremely dry. And if it's not your thing at all, don't bother. But Marianne, what I'd say to you, read the articles that interest to you. If you find that week after week goes by and none of them are interesting to you, then discontinue your subscription. This is from Joseph in Arizona. I had a heart-related non-surgical procedure. Ooh, Joseph, I hope you're okay, that your ticker's okay. It was denied for a lack of pre-authorization. I, of course, wasn't aware it required pre-authorization and, in general, assumed my health provider would have cleared the procedure with the insurance company beforehand. Do I have any options or am I just stuck with a very expensive lesson? (sighs) Depends. If your health coverage is not from your employer, file a complaint with the Arizona Department of Insurance and whatever appeal procedure your insurer has, file an appeal. Because if it's clearly a heart-related procedure that you needed to have to save your life or improve your health, those are obviously reasonable grounds for it to be covered. And so the pre-authorization thing is a way that insurers try to duck responsibility for providing the very coverage you have. If, on the other hand, your insurance is provided by an employer most employer-provided insurance is actually, even though I use the word insurance just then, it's really not. It's a health reimbursement plan that is, if an employer is of any size, medium size or larger, they don't buy traditional health insurance for their employers. They may have a health insurer who administers the policy. But in that case, the state insurance department in Arizona or any other state cannot and will not get involved, but your employer is the one who you can go advocate for yourself with human resources that can try to get you reimbursement for this procedure. The no you were given is an answer. You want to turn into a maybe and hopefully a yes. The more persistent you are and the more buttons you push, the greater the likelihood that you will be able to get reimbursement for that procedure if in fact it was clearly medical medically necessary every insurer has a medical person on staff or that they contract with to review medical necessity 
And if it's very clear from the standpoint of the heart surgeon that this procedure was very necessary, then you should be able, by being assertive and going through the various appeal processes, you should improve the odds that you will wear down the insurance company instead of them wearing you down and you get that reimbursement. Please let us know what happens. And from Kate in Indiana, I use Rakuten to get cash back on my regular shopping. However, sometimes my credit card has extra cash back incentives for certain stores as well. If I use that card on Rakuten for the particular stores, do I get both cash back incentives? Also, if I use PayPal to pay with the same credit card, do I get the extra incentives that that card offers? So this is one that we've talked about before, stacking rebates one on top of another on top of another it completely depends on each credit card issuer's rules whether you're able to stack rebates it's very hard i i've tried to figure that out myself i I think that i looked this up i did some research and you can double dip and triple dip it just depends the paypal can be funny but with rakuten that's a separate program like you're you're buying through and you're using your credit card yeah so So um, I think you'll find that it is going to depend, but you found in the particular circumstances that Rakuten absolutely is going to work. There have been several articles written about it, and Rakuten seems like you can double dip. And then the PayPal thing, usually you can as well. So that would be a triple dip, which is extra cool. But it depends on whether there's a merchant ID sent to PayPal. It's a very, it's sort of complicated. So you have to look into that but but yeah lots of people use these because Rakuten is basically a, a shopping service to help you it's a thing on your web browser and you can find deals through there and get money back and then you can use your credit card to pay and and do you use that or you use honey no, or any of the I don't others use any of them I just don't want to add anything to my browsers I don't like it so what happens yeah you do find that you get these pop-ups that can be very annoying so um, I still use I use honey and I use it specifically, I found it and Camel, Camel, Camel to be very effective for, and with your husband buying every last thing on Amazon, mm-hmm. it would be really good for him to have these. I use ClarkDeals.com for everything if I'm looking Oh, listen to you. <laughs> if you're not familiar with Clark Deals, it's our bargain site where we only list things that we think really are a deal. It's the companion site to clark.com and i hope you've really enjoyed today's podcast and i hope you have a great great rest of your day